What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Unapologetically Opinionated, hosted by no other than your girl, Jaja. Let's just get straight into the topic because it's been a long time coming. I know I did tell you guys uh, November we was going to be dropping new episodes and whatnot. I'm still working on that. Give your girl some time. Like, don't, don't, don't pressure me, okay? Um, it's a lot of things that's just been going on, but one topic I kind of just want to aim at is depression. The fact that it's real and the fact that people hide it very well until it's the last minute. Like, a lot of people ignore people that got problems going on, family issues, career issues, relationship issues, and it puts them in a state of mind of being depressed. Uh, maybe their anxiety is up. Maybe you fearful of some things. All of these things play a part in depression. And the reason why I speak on depression because I, I feel like I've been there before, but I can't actually say I've been depressed. There was times where I felt like completely doing nothing. I wanted to get out of my bed and I wanted to talk to anybody and I want to answer my phone. But at the end of the day, I still have children and I still have to get myself together so I can always be there for them. Now, my kids have never seen me depressed, which is a good thing. But when I'm sad and I'm not as social as I'm normally to be, they do question me. Mom, is everything all right? You okay? And of course, as bad as I probably want to tell them, well, nah, y'all, nah, it ain't all right. Let me tell y'all, let me kick it. I can't really put that off on them because the things I've been through, they haven't even have yet to go through. I've lost a lot of people close to me. I lost my mom. They still have their mom. Dad is incarcerated, but they still keep communication. So both parents are still in the picture. Depression comes from a lot of things, being overwhelmed, being stressed out, being agitated, irritated, annoyed. A lot of things can trigger depression. My anxiety is something I, I'm not going to say I can't control, but right now I'm, I'm still trying to learn exactly what anxiety is and which type of anxiety do I have. Now, I'm not depressed. I'm not in depression mode. I don't want to harm anyone, and I don't want to harm myself. I do have friends that have issues that they don't speak on every day. And from my understanding, I actually signed my own self up to a therapist because even though I do have family members I can call and I can talk to, the thing is you kind of want to vent to someone that does not know you, that's kind of figuring you out as you're telling them what's bothering you. This is where the professional therapists get their information from on how to diagnose you with if it's depression, if it's anxiety, if it's bipolarism. It could be a lot of more things than just you feeling down or not wanting to get up, not wanting to eat, 
not want to shower. A lot of things can wrap around depression. There is no one goal to depression. I'm emotional, so when I get mad or when I'm trying to actually vent about something that may have hurt me or bothered me, sometimes I do get emotional and I might cry when I talk. That doesn't necessarily mean I'm afraid, I'm depressed, I'm stressed. It's just that some things I just haven't learned to understand. Like, I still don't know why death has to happen, but I know it has to happen to everyone. Different intervals, how it goes is what I'm confused on. Like, I was confused for the longest on why did I have to lose my mom when I was just becoming a preteen. So it's like, throughout my teenage year up until now, I had no mother figure. No mother figure. I don't, I don't care how many people didn't claim I was their daughter-in-law or I didn't say, hey, ma, or if I call you ma, then it you you gave me that mothering love, that mothering touch, that mothering listening ear that I kind of needed at that time. And then if you kind of give me advice to do better, I kind of take that in. I don't just call anybody mine. I don't use that word very much, honestly. Like, I don't just go around like, oh, that's my mom because I used to kick it with her son. Like, I don't do none of that. Like, if, if a woman played a part in my life, like, you don't have to necessarily have the title as being a mom. You was just a woman figure in my life that I needed. And I have a lot of woman figures on my father's side that give me advice, keep it real. They gonna tell me exactly what it is and not what it's gonna be. And that's what I love about them. I don't want nobody to beat around the bush when it comes to talking to me because it's like, I kind of know what I do know. Some things I have researched. I don't know it all. And I'm not gonna never tell you I know it all. I know enough. I know what I've been through. I know how I dealt with it. So I can always give out my helping hand to anybody that feels like they kind of stuck in losing a parent or a sibling, an auntie, an uncle. It all matters. It's all titles. But, like, all of these people I lost within, like, last year. I lost my uncle in March, I believe. So, like... That was actually the last person I was actually staying with. So I kind of knew mostly about like his health wise. And it shocked me that his own siblings or the ones that was left or closest uncles or cousins that was closest to him. They didn't know much about his health issues. And he would reach out to me. And I never understood this. It started with my grandma. She had breast cancer, and she was on hospice, and she wanted to be at home when she passed away. So we would have to go upstairs maybe five, ten minutes, kick it with her, sit there. Like, she was in a vegetable state, so she really couldn't talk back to us. Her eyes weren't open, but she could hear. And I definitely gave my grandma some words to leave with. She's actually the first passing that I had in my family where I decided to write out my feelings like I had where I wanted to be a writer like a journalist like my sister Jamel Hill shout outs to her 
on her memoir book. It's, it's amazing. Talks about mainly everything she's been through to get to where she's at. And that is remarkable. It's memorable. It's motivationable. Like, it's all of that wrapped in one. And the fact that we share the same dad is amazing because we are two different peas in a pod, but we came from the same source. So even us with having different moms and her mom is still here, like we never like fought over that. Like it was never really an issue because she was always like a woman figure to me like most of my life. When my grandma passed, she left two daughters, two sons. My aunt and my mom, and then my uncle, my two uncles. One of them served in the military, the Army, Navy. Military, whatever you want to call it. I, I just say military, the Navy, the Army, U.S. Marshals. Like, all, all them, all they ass put together. But uh, he had an issue where he came back. And literally military people have a whole different mindset when they actually get out the military. It's very much trauma that they've been through. So, like, I never really kicked it with my uncle. It was just like a high goodbye. He had a deep voice. So, like, it was always scary to me. So, he passed next. And as we was at the... Another table at the funeral home where they try to like split everything up and give responsibilities to the siblings and whatnot and who's gonna bury who. They came across my mom, like my mom has been sick. She had congested heart failure, so she was very much still smoking cigarettes and she was very much still drinking alcohol. So a lot of that played a part in her heart disease and it came to the part where it was failing and the doctors couldn't do anything else. So my mom was next after my uncle, after my first uncle, because my last uncle was the baby. Uh, my mom passed 2004, February. I actually found my mom coming home from school. She was still in the bed, still asleep. I'm not sure if she passed as she was going to sleep or she actually passed in her sleep. Her eyes was definitely, like, halfway kind of open, closed. And I will never forget it. It was Jerry or Maury that was on the TV at the time because we definitely got home about 3.30, 3.40. So either one was going off and one was coming on. But I looked at the TV and then I looked at her. I was kind of yelling her name as I was going upstairs and she didn't say nothing. So I kind of figured, like, okay, let me be quiet because she might be asleep. And my mama will cuss you the fuck out if you wake her up out her sleep. So I'm like, okay, let me be quiet. Let me go up here, like, make sure she even here because maybe she's gone. Like, maybe she went to the store or something. She was asleep, but it wasn't until I touched her and she was so cold and stiff. Like, I still have to do my research on that because that means it has to go back to how long she was there. I kind of want to know the last person that was around her. Like, it's a lot of things I want to know, but, of course, I... Autopsy said it was a natural death, which I don't believe. And then they ruled it out to her having heart congestive failure. So it's a lot of if, ends, buts, but I'm going to get down to that best belief. 
Next, come down the line, I started staying with my aunt. She had guardianship over me and my brother till we turned 18. And um, when I had my, she was around when I had my son, when I graduated uh, DCH 2008. She was actually there when I got accepted to the school. Did my four years, graduated. She was there. 2009 slash 10, I was pregnant with my first child. I had a boy. She was so excited that she was going to be a grandma. She's like, I don't want him to call me a grandma. What should I have him call me? I'm like, Nana. She's like, Nana, I like that. Best believe my son netted her ass to death for sure. Nana, nana, nana. He couldn't get it from me. Nana, go ask Nana. And that lady would give this boy anything he wanted. But she also kept him disciplined. He was not allowed to be mannish around her at a young age, which is true, which I believe. So I'm forever grateful for her. R.I.P. Monty. After that, it was the baby brother, my last uncle. And that one kind of stung me. And, like, my uncles and my aunt, we were never close. We were just never close. Like, I, I would, like, kind of hate the fact I would be at their house. Like, if my mom had to work, they would have to drop me off. And I used to be like, oh, no, nah, I'm not going over here. Like, I'm cool. Like, I was on my mama's ankle. So, understand what she left. It really damped my soul. Like, I, I really can't even let you people know. I, I won't even go all the way into it because I probably will get emotional in this podcast. It's not for that. <laughs> but it's still unapologetically. But it's just like at the end of the day, I really can't give advice to anyone else that lost a parent because I still don't know how to cope with it. I'm dealing with it. And I, I kind of just like forgave the situation and I deaded it. I tried to let it go. But it's like certain situations like Mother's Day. Or, like, Grandparents' Day. Just just something. But the fact that I still have my father, and (laughs) that man has been great since I stepped out the womb. I wouldn't want it no other way. I wouldn't want another man to raise me. And I commend him because to this day, my dad is still, still looking out for me. And I, I can't get mad at that. I'm not mad at I know I have a purpose. I know what my purpose is. I'm actually in the midst of actually going towards my purpose. My dad is sort of like my best friend. I love him to death. We talk about everything. So it's like God took a couple people away from me that meant the dearest to me. But the fact that I'm still here, I kind of know it's a purpose for me to still be here. And the fact that I got kids, of course, it's a purpose for me to still be here. So by all means, I pray every day. I keep my mind off negativity for real. I stay away from people that's just drama-filled, miserable, don't want nothing out of life, and just want to be comfortable. I don't like people that like being comfortable. 
If you're not okay with being uncomfortable, then you're not okay with transitioning or changing environments. Like, you just cool and content with where you at. And I, I'm not content with life right now. I'm, every day I'm looking for ways to elevate <laughs> uh, another stream of income, another business to drop, something, something, something. <laughs> That's educationable and knowledgeable to learn, to take heed of, to grow with. That's all my purpose being for real. Like, I just say because I've actually been scrolling through social media and I've seen a lot of people, young people, younger than me. Now, mind you, I'm 32. So, when I say young, I mean like 25, 23. I see young people taking their lives, suicide, or all because they didn't have somebody to hear them out or listen to them. Like, when somebody really crying about something and not even shedding tears, I'm talking about redundantly repeating something over and over. You got to know that person is bothered by it. Now, if you can't help, all you can do is give advice. At the end of the day, that person won't be mad that you gave them advice on how to maneuver around their issues. Not saying that they're going to actually take the advice and do it. Because some people is at the mark where depression has took taken over. Like, it's no more talking to. It's, it's nothing you can really do to stop that person from making their mind up with whatever issues they got going on like you can't stop a person from wanting to do something now you can give them some type of talking to you can take them out to see different things and let them know like this ain't it this ain't all that's it there's more out there or you can just be a listening ear Moral of the story and the topic of today, the topic was depression is real. And I gave you guys a rundown on the things that I may have thought I was depressed about, but I was really just sad and I couldn't understand why it had to happen to me, why my family, you know. But I can't be selfish like that because everybody has to go one day. Now, the time, the place, the day, that's not up to me. That's up to God. That's up to that man. I wouldn't even want to know when I'm about to leave. I just want to know that I made a purpose on this earth. I left something that my kids could grow off of. And that I live my best life. Like, I'm not living for nobody else. I'm living for me. Because if I don't live for me, then I can't live for my kids. I've dealt with a lot of things. Alcoholism. Where it's so much had played a part in my life, but I can stop. I can slow down. I can do a lot of things. 
what I choose to do is what I choose to do at that time. But to say that I was an alcoholic, yes, I totally agree. Whenever I had an issue or a problem or I got mad or I thought about something, I might have grabbed me a bottle. All because it masked my feelings at the moment. But then when it wore off, it's actually much worse. It's like you fighting your emotions, but it's like, okay, uh, you kind of like somewhere intoxicated. So, you know, everybody that be intoxicated, they either singing and crying or want to fight and cry. So, like, I was coming to the point where I was doing both whenever I was drinking. But now I notice certain people I drink around, a lot of people be plotting. So, it's times I had to play like I was intoxicated. Just to see exactly how vulnerable somebody else thought I was around them. And once that slid or it happened or I found out and peeped it, I still ain't say nothing. Not even when I was sober. I kept it playing on and on and on and on. But then I had to stop like, well, damn. (laughs) When they gonna stop the fuck? It's like a nigga just waiting for you to be back out. Like, and I don't want to have, it shouldn't have to take me beating your ass. For you to understand. And you to listen. That don't play with me while I'm drinking. Like, just don't do it. messages you guys anybody that's going through depression anxiety fearing anything you may have been diagnosed with bipolarism cancer anything any issue that you think has put you in the pause I just want to let you know God has the last say so in everything Nobody opinion is better than that mess. He will give you signs and signs and signs until you get it. One thing you cannot do, you cannot play with the anointed or the chosen one. And that's exactly where I'm at in life. So, (laughs) I wish you guys all the best. Keep God first. Pray daily. Prayer works. I'm telling you people, if I have to say it a thousand times, it works. Trust me, it works. Prayer didn't got me out of holes I couldn't dig deep enough. You hear me? Please, if you feel like you need help, go get it. There's nothing wrong with going to get help. I'm 32 and just now checking into a therapist. Nothing wrong with that. But once you understand that you can't control certain situations, there's nothing wrong with asking for help. So I want to thank you guys for listening. That was a little serious note normally than what I be on. You guys know I be on some silly shit. Fuck boy shit, all type of crazy shit. But today was a little bit serious because depression is real. 
And I just want everybody to know, I love you. God loves you. Someone out here loves you. If you don't believe it, you better ask. But that's all I got for today, you guys. I'll drop another episode soon. I'm not going to tell you when. I'm going to just pop out. <laughs> Hope you guys enjoying this nice Friday evening. It's very warm outside. Stay safe. Keep that coat on. Because this is Detroit, Michigan weather. Don't be no fool. You can have shorts on today. It'll be snowing tomorrow. <laughs> All right, you guys. I'll catch you on another episode of Unapologetically Opinionated. Jaja is out. <laughs>